You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, John Davids and Natalie Lichek host our community event where they will discuss and answer questions about ways you can grow your brand through social media. The really big question that a lot of people asked and that you and I talked about ahead of time, what are some of the best practices, best hacks right now? We'll start with Instagram and then go to TikTok. How are you growing audiences right now? Yeah. So my best hack for driving growth on Instagram is reels and sound trends. With some of our clients, we gained the most reach by uploading reels daily and using sounds that were trending. You can see what sounds are trending right now by looking at the audio, and there'll usually be an arrow right beside the audio if it's a trending audio. Even if you don't know what you'll make with the audio, you can save it until you come up with an idea, and that's personally what I do for my own personal Instagram and TikToks and for our clients as well. You don't always have to have ideas in the moment, but I think basically just spending some time going through Instagram, going through TikTok, look at what people are posting, look at what's working for people and basically recreate it to fit your own niche and make it in a way that's unique to you and whatever your goal is, whether that's to get sales, followers, and whatever it may be. So that you mentioned one thing there that I think people are going to have questions about. You mentioned the trending audio. How do you know what audio is trending? You said there's an arrow or is there like a directory you can look at? So there are apps and websites you can use that'll tell you what sounds are trending on TikTok and Instagram. But if you don't have the app, which I I don't have any apps for that, actually Instagram will tell you themselves basically what's trending. I can show you. I don't know if you'll be able to see it on my phone, but it'll basically be like an arrow where you see the audio at the bottom of the screen. There'll be an arrow, kind of a little diagonal like that. And you can see that it's trending if the arrow is right beside it. I can't find any right now. Yeah, it's okay. I'll share a shot of that. But so when you're browsing Instagram, are you looking for that as a social media manager? Are you looking, okay, I want to see? Or is there a page you can go to that's like, here's all the top trending audio on Instagram? No. So there's no page that you can go to for that. Unfortunately, it is just you scrolling through Instagram, seeing what has an arrow beside it, and then saving that for later. You also could use the apps. I feel like that's a lot easier for some people. But if you don't want to download the apps, it's just kind of manual labor at that point. Yeah. Okay. So Amanda just threw a question in here. What if you are a business account with limited access to audio? A lot of time, trending songs are unusable by businesses. So that's very true. So if you're a business, you can't... There's certain rights managements and royalties. So you don't have access to use those trending audios. Have you encountered that with any of our clients? Or um, Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So what, 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 what's your work around there? Yeah. So unfortunately, if you can't use an audio, you can't use it. I really, for one of our clients, I really wanted to use the Taylor Swift audio that was going around. I'm the problem. It's me. But obviously, it's copyrighted. We can't use it. And that's something that I can't really work around. But fortunately, a lot of sound trends aren't copyrighted. And a lot of the time, they're just simply videos on TikTok that go viral. And people say, this is a lot of potential to be a viral sound. So the user will make it into a viral sound. So a lot of the time, it's not songs that are viral. It's just say someone recorded something funny on their phone and they share it onto Instagram or they share it onto TikTok. And then they make it into a sound. And then people reuse that sound in a way to fit their niche. So I think a lot of the time, there's still a lot of potential to use sounds because they're not always copyright. 
So I think there's definitely still a lot of potential for growth using trending sounds, even if you're a business account. Yeah, there was that audio that you used. I think it was in the last week. It was the girl going, I remember when, I remember when I lost my mind. And that went crazy on both TikTok and Instagram. And and we used that and it did really well. Yeah, exactly. Like that wouldn't be copyrighted because that's an original cover by someone. So I think just being on the lookout for trends that aren't, maybe it's like not a song, you know, because a song will always be copyrighted. So I think there's still so much potential for that. Yeah. So I'm going to show you guys a, a quick shot here. I'll hold it up to my camera. So this is an account that we've been managing since top of November. So just look at the growth there. So most of this growth, so we started managing it sort of top of this uh, top of November about there. And then you can see sort of tripled it. It actually kind of went crazy over the Black Friday timeframe. But one thing I was going to ask you is, can you attribute that to anything in particular? So obviously, sounds are one. What else kind of triggered that kind of rapid growth in this particular case? I would say, honestly, it's the consistency. Consistency is key to growth. And that was one thing I was going to say for TikTok. Upload as many times as possible. It can be very challenging to create quality and quantity videos, but it honestly increases your chances of going viral and being seen by your ideal audience. In addition, if you use viral sounds, you should relate them to your niche. You don't want to create or use a sound just because it's trending, but it's not relatable to your business or your whatever you want to talk about. Because then you're going to gain an audience that isn't going to like your content and they're not going to engage with you. So you need to find audios that you can relate to your niche, use them, and also do this consistently. That's my best tip for growth and what caused this big spike with one of our clients. Yeah. And we were talking about that earlier, the idea that you can also get into the trouble of doing things just for the sake of going viral. And this is something we hear a lot like, oh, we want to get our followers up. You know, We want to grow by X amount by this time. And the challenge is we can do that. like We can doctor that kind of growth, but they're going to be low quality. They're going to be folks that probably drop off and churn quickly. And then even if they do stay, it's going to kind of mess up your engagement going forward because they're not going to be engaged in your normal content. Like They were interested in this thing about you know whatever some trend that was happening let's say it was taylor swift or whatever but we talk about accounting services so like we don't want to just get followers that aren't interested in accounting services so you've got to be careful about chasing growth for growth's sake quality really really matters in the long run exactly okay let's shift over now same question for tiktok are you seeing anything different like what's different between growing on instagram right now versus growing on tiktok i think you definitely need to show up more on TikTok than you do on Instagram. While you do need to show up, I would say daily on Instagram, it doesn't always have to be in a static post or a carousel or a reel. You can show up on stories and that's enough to keep your followers engaged, interested in you and your product, your service, and your company. But with TikTok, it's a little bit different because while they do have stories, it's something that's fairly new and a lot of people aren't using and aren't taking advantage of. So people are really sticking to the TikTok, the actual videos. So I know in my personal experience, the more I upload on TikTok, the better results I get, the higher chances you are of going viral. So I think with TikTok, you need to be more consistent in actually uploading content. Whereas on Instagram, you can upload maybe a few times a week onto your actual feed, but stay consistent on your stories. Yeah, Instagram is definitely a platform where people can get away with uploading once a day and even less than that, like you can upload three, four, five times a week and be fine. I feel like yeah. on TikTok, unless you already have a very big account, if you're if you're in your growth phase, 
like frequency really matters. Yeah, exactly. If you post consistently on Instagram, whether that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every week, then that's enough to keep your audience... They know when to expect to post. So that's more than enough for Instagram. And especially if you focus on Reels too, there's a lot of reach there. But yeah, like you said, on TikTok, if you're you're a new, fresh account, you really need to pump the the content out there. Yeah. So we talk about this a lot in our content cascade, which is Influicity's framework for making content. One question I want to ask you though about TikTok in particular is, what about the idea of reusing content? So I've seen some accounts do this where you'll take a video and you'll put a different thumbnail on it, or maybe you'll make one little change, or you'll take the same visual and put a different audio on it. Is that a good practice or do you get penalized for for doing that? So a lot of TikTok content can be repurposed for Instagram and vice versa. But a lot of the time, a piece of content can't be repurposed. If a piece of content is too specific or isn't following a trend, it can totally be repurposed onto both platforms, just change the thumbnail and you're good to go. But sometimes trends can be seen on a specific platform. So it won't work. If there's a TikTok trend that is you don't see on Instagram, it's not going to work on Instagram. And, and obviously, the other way around too. So I would say even audios. Many audios are trending on one platform and not the other. So if a video is reliant to a specific audio... So if you make a video that is basically relies on this audio, it needs the specific audio, you can't repurpose that onto the other platform if this audio isn't trending on the other platform. What about the idea of using the same TikTok like again and again? So if I post a TikTok on Monday, can I post it the following Thursday? Or is that like... Like the exact same TikTok? Yeah. The exact same thing, or maybe just changing out the the sound. So the same visual. I would say it's something you can try. I know for myself, I have a series on my own personal TikTok that was doing really well. And I uploaded one and it didn't perform well. And I was like, this is really strange. So a lot of the time they say not to delete the content because it can go viral days, weeks later. But I went ahead and I just completely deleted the content and I re-uploaded it the same day. And it performed way, way better than it did. Originally, like I don't think, yeah. So I think you definitely can, but if you have followers, they're expecting new, fresh content. They're not going to want the same thing over and over again. So I think you can wait it out. I would say wait a few weeks if a video doesn't do well, and then maybe take it down. You can try again. You can use a different audio, maybe if if you can, a trending audio. So I definitely think there's there's potential to reuse content there, but I wouldn't upload the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. One thing, Natalie, we've talked about a few times now is we keep mentioning trends, trends, trends. So can you define what a trend is? And maybe if you want to give the example about the one we found last week, I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I want people to understand what exactly we're talking about when we say a trend and how you find one, that sort of thing. Yeah. So a trend can be anything from an audio that everyone is using on TikTok or Instagram. It can be a filter that people are using. A while back, there was a filter that was going viral that was like flashing colors. And it made like the screen kind of like wiggly like that. And people were like dancing to it. And that was a trend that was specific to TikTok because that was a TikTok filter. And one trend that we actually saw recently, some of you guys may have heard of it. It's the doubloon trend. And a doubloon is basically a imaginary currency that is trending on TikTok. And in order to get a doubloon, a cat will show up on your For You page and they'll grant you like 50 doubloons. And it's kind of something you have to keep note of on yourself. Like you go in your notes and you say like, oh, you have 50 doubloons. 
and then you can buy stuff with it and you can be robbed of your doubloons. So it was just like a very fun little thing that was going around on TikTok. And we saw a brand take advantage of this and a brand made a video granting doubloons to people and it got really well engagement, really good engagement. So we did a, a doubloon video for one of our clients and it definitely got a lot a, like the engagement was a lot better than the typical TikToks. We got so, so many. It was like 20 comments in 20 in like 15 minutes. It was so yeah, high. Yeah, exactly. So at first I didn't think that I could relate doubloons to our client, but then I think you have to really think about how you can relate a trend to whatever you're doing. And whether or that be if you have a store, you can say, hey, come to my store. You can buy things with with your doubloons and show off the products that you have in your store. So I think finding yeah. a great way to relate the trends to your niche, to your, your product, to your service is a great way to relate the trend to whatever you're doing. Yeah. It's really interesting because one of the, one of the strengths there, one of the core competencies that you should have that, you, that would help to have is being able to connect to something. It's no different than if you're a journalist and you're talking about something in the news or you're a columnist and you want to take something in the news and relate it to some bigger point you want to make. You have to be able to tie it to what's in people's minds. And that's yeah. the same muscle working on TikTok in this case. So it's like, here's a trend. What, is, what do I have anything to do with this fake currency, imaginary currency being created on TikTok? Well, I'm a retailer. I sell stuff. Maybe I can make a joke about how, hey, you can, you can pay for your merchandise with, these, with this fake currency. So, exactly. and, and it's also the other thing is that you can't be afraid to be playful. Like yeah. I think brands take themselves a little too seriously, especially in B2B. And we see so much of this you know, with our clients who are in B2B who kind of let their guard down a bit and they can be a little playful and they can take a, a lot of advantage of that. And by, yeah. by the way, their competitors aren't doing it. So that's where they can jump in and be the ones to do it. Yeah, especially with TikTok, it's a much younger audience. So you really you can't be afraid to be a little playful, be a little silly, jump on the trends. You can have a, a mix of both really professional content and really silly content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, we got a question here. Are there resources you can share for beginners learning how to create high-quality TikToks as far as filming, implementing smooth transitions, editing video clips, etc.? So resources for beginners. I got an answer, but I, I want to hear yours first, Natalie. Sure. Yeah. So obviously, I'm a content creator as well. So, But I'm a very... I don't like to put in too much money into it. So I, I'm a content creator on a budget is what I like to say. I purchased a really, really useful tripod from Amazon. And you can connect it to your phone through Bluetooth. And you can basically take pictures with a little, little button basically you hold in your hand. And you can take pictures. You can walk away from the camera. You can press the button. It'll start recording. It's super useful if you don't have anyone to help you make content. So I would definitely get a tripod. Amazon has some great ones. And I would definitely get a editing software. You don't need anything too expensive. I use just InShot on my iPhone. And that's where I edit all of our clients and my own personal TikToks. It's all on InShot. It's like a dollar a month. So you definitely don't need to be spending a lot of money and you don't need all this advanced equipment. Literally just, I would say, a tripod and a basic editing software is all you need. I've been using this stuff for literally years and I've had videos go viral. And I, I don't have crazy equipment. You don't need crazy equipment to go viral. Have you used CapCuts? I haven't used CapCut, but I've heard of it. And I think it's kind of the same thing as InShot. It's, it's obviously nothing like Adobe Premiere or anything, but you don't need anything crazy when it comes to TikTok or Reels. Yeah. Most of our 
I mean, like we manage social accounts for a lot of different clients in B2B and B2C, most of the tools. So Natalie named a few. There's Canva. If we're producing stuff that's more high-end, you know, we've got better lighting setups and stuff. We do a lot of podcasts. So we have, you know, fancy mics and lighting like, like the ones I'm using now. But the reality is that has very little relation to how well the content does. So yeah. I think people get a little bit afraid. They're like, oh, it has to be a certain quality. It can be a certain quality. Maybe for some brands, it should be a certain quality, but it doesn't have to be a certain quality to, to perform well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I noticed, in fact, that content that isn't too professional performs better because when it's filmed on like this crazy HD camera, it comes off very commercially. It comes off too professional and it's not relatable. But when you film it on, on your iPhone and you upload it or you edit it on a simple software like InShot, it comes very raw. And it comes off very relatable and people like that. So I think you definitely do not have to have this crazy equipment. You can keep it basic and simple and you can still succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get to another question here. This one came in ahead of time from... I think this was from Sherry. So how to do B2B versus B2C on the different platforms? So what's the difference between doing B2B content versus B2C content. Let me actually take a shot at this one first, Natalie, and then I'll, I'll yeah. pass it over to you. So this is a question we get a lot. And at Infelicity, we have probably... We're a little heavier on B2B. So we have B2C clients as well. But B2B and high-ticket B2C is where we play very strongly. And the number one thing that I always say is the main difference is the buyer's cycle and the buyer's timing. So you can talk about the differences in creative, in messaging, in call to action, in platforms. But really, that's more on the margins. The biggest difference is that if you are selling a consumer product, the assumption is that your customer is in market to buy that product all the time. If I'm buying a cup of coffee this morning, I might buy another cup of coffee this afternoon. And so you can market to me all the time and assume that I am going to buy it almost immediately. In B2B... The buying cycle is like once a year or once every two years. You know, if I buy email marketing software, I'm not going to be in market again to buy email marketing software for three years, four years, maybe never. So it's much more about creating demand without the expectation that people are going to buy or that people are even going to need, you know, to come to your website quickly. So what we're doing on the B2B side is we're creating a lot of demand. We're creating video content and written content that has demos, testimonials, case studies. Those are the three biggest, most effective pieces of creative. And that's what we're doing on B2B. And largely, the platforms, the distribution, the influencers, the vehicles, those are all the same. But we're not necessarily saying, hey, click here to buy. Because that's not the assumption we're going to make. We're going to assume that if you want to buy, you're going to seek us out and you're going to buy on your own. So... That's the biggest difference. It's really just the buyer cycle. I'm sure you have more to say on the creative side, the messaging. What's your thoughts on that, Natalie? Yeah. So TikTok has earned a reputation, I think, as a powerful B2C marketing tool because it uh, has a very visual nature. And there's a lot of potential for collaboration with content creators. TikTok is fun and engaging. And it gives businesses and influencers the opportunity to showcase a product or service in a very creative way. But with TikTok, creators and brands are battling short attention spans. You have to ensure your content catches attention with the first few seconds of the video. Otherwise, people will scroll past it. So B2C marketing on TikTok needs to be specific and thoroughly planned out. You need to follow the trends, use popular music, and create content that's engaging. And TikTok also humanizes your brand, which allows your ideal customers to connect with your brand emotionally. 
And while TikTok's strength is B2C marketing, it can also do a lot for B2B companies. One way TikTok is great for B2B marketing is by allowing users to network. TikTok isn't necessarily made for businesses and professionals to connect with each other. But by, by using specific hashtags, you can connect with other local professionals and potential leads. And also potential clients aren't that different from B2C customers. They're still looking for trust and authenticity in a product or service. And they're still human. So it's good to connect with them as one. Humanizing your brand even with B2B marketing has been proven to generate more shares and lead conversion than text and image content. Yeah. On that last point... so. Because one of the really frequent questions, and I'll talk about LinkedIn in a minute, but one of the really frequent questions we get is, how does a B2B brand market on TikTok? So if I'm selling legal services, accounting services, medical devices, we have a client on TikTok that sells scientific research equipment. So like, think about like a pharmaceutical company selling research equipment. How do you market that on TikTok? And to, to Natalie's last point there, it's really about creating awareness, demand, use cases. I don't think there's an expectation that people are looking for long-form, serious content on TikTok. But the buyers are on there. I mean, when you have over a billion users, pretty much everyone in the population is on there, You know, certainly in the developed market. And the key there is you want to use it in the native platform. So a 7-second video or a 15-second video or whatever that is, just creating awareness and demand for the product. And then let people find the information they want. They want to go deeper. That's fine. You can go to other places to find the white papers and the other stuff. But creating awareness on TikTok is such a massive arbitrage right now. I don't care what you're selling. I'd be taking advantage of it. I also think, uh, just to add, I also think if you're more focused on B2B and if you're selling medical supplies, I don't think... If you're selling something specific like medical supplies, I don't think that's ever going to resonate with the younger audience that kind of lets things go trending, right? Or, Or cause things to trend. So I think you need to focus basically on who your ideal client is. And if your client is someone you want to sell your medical supplies to, then you need to focus on what they're going to like and not what the general audience of TikTok is going to like. Don't follow trends just because everyone else is. Just focus on what your client would like in order to generate that sale. So I think don't be too focused on the engagement, on the followers. As long as you're getting your message across and you're getting the sales from it, I think that's all that matters. Yeah, that's actually bang on. I'll just make one more point on that one. We've had... Because we're obviously B2B marketers. We're marketing ourselves all the time. And TikTok is a very big channel. So like LinkedIn, number one, generates millions in revenue. TikTok is very is climbing very quickly. And I can attribute you know, at least $75,000 in revenue to our TikToks that never went viral. In other words, a TikTok that gets seen by like 227 people. However, of those 227 people, they're interested in the services we're selling and they reach out to us and they say, Oh, we found you on TikTok. So it's not about the quantity in the case of B2B. It's about finding the right people that are actually going to buy or be interested in your product. I want to ask... We got a question here about catalog retail sales on TikTok from a gentleman named Waldemar. I don't know if Waldemar is here, but if you don't mind just dropping your question, we don't understand what you're talking about with catalog. I'm not sure if it's physical catalogs or there's an ad product called catalogs on TikTok. So if you want to just clarify your question, Waldemar will definitely get to it. Another question here about how could you be successful on TikTok without showing your face? This question is from Natasha. Now, I know you have experience with this, Natalie. How can you create content that works without showing yourself? Yeah, this is a great question because most social media experts will tell you that you need to show your face. 
and that longer form content is being pushed right now on TikTok. And while this is true, it's not a necessity. I've created videos for clients and for my own personal TikTok. And the ones that performed the best, the ones that, ones that got viral, never showed my face. Some of them had me talking, but some of them didn't show my face at all. Like if you want to do like a little audio recording on top of it, or if you just show your hands, there's a way to work, work around it for sure. And yeah, so for all my, on my personal account and for clients, I've never shown my face. I have shown my face, but the content that performed the best was content that didn't show my face. And I think the key to having a successful video without showing your face is to simply ensure it has value and appeals to your ideal customer. For clients, I've created videos that showcase cool features of a product without showing my face at all. And these videos have performed well. And for my own personal TikTok, I focus, for example, on fashion. And when I'm not showing my face, I find a way to translate the information that I want into something that's visual, but not showing my face. For example, I made a TikTok showcasing some winter boots that are stylish and both warm because I feel like it's hard to find both. So I just took screenshots of the boots and added cool trending music and I made it into a video. And it performed extremely well. It was one of my best performing videos. So it just goes to show as long as you can wait, you can find a way to translate what you want to say in a way that's appealing and engaging. You don't have to show your face at all. Yeah, I got two examples. So on the consumer side, you guys know Tasty. The food brand that has the aerial shots of your hand making food. Great example of a massive social media brand. Visual, music. You never see anybody's face in those videos. We have no idea who's making them. And on the business side or on the more serious side, there are accounts I follow like that talk about Excel tips. So on Instagram or on TikTok, there are a number of accounts that give you Excel hacks. And they never ever show faces. They show the screen and they show you how to do this or that. So what I always talk about is think about what your customer... So let's just take the example of an accounting firm. So if you're an accounting firm, what kind of content would be really useful to put out there? It would be like how to read a balance sheet. You know, like what three things I look for when I'm when I'm looking at a PL, cash flow statement blunders. And you can tell those stories really quickly. You can whiteboard them. You can, you know, again, show a shot of your computer. So there's all kinds of ways to illustrate content that doesn't involve a person in front of a camera. Yeah. Okay. A bunch of questions coming in. Format. So you speak on content formats that work best for TikTok and Instagram. Do you have any advice on getting started? So a few questions came in on, on getting started. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. If you don't have a TikTok or an Instagram account today, Natalie, what what's kind of the what do you tell people to like just get the ball rolling? Yeah, so the first thing I would do before getting started is gain inspiration, see what people in your niche are doing, and more importantly, see what they're doing that's performing well. You can keep ideas in your notes, which is something I do, and you can write down how you want to make it relate to your product, your clients, your service and how you want to create that video. So obviously, you don't want to take someone's idea completely rip it off. So find a way to make it your own. Choose what kind of music you want to, you want to use with it. And find a way to relate it to your niche. I think gaining inspiration is the number one thing that I would do so that you're not sitting and you're not stuck and you don't know what to do with yourself. As mentioned earlier, I would invest in a good tripod, which you can find on Amazon. And I would get InShot or CapCut, which is a good price for what it gives you. 
I would also figure out your content pillars and your hashtags. I would figure out what your goal is and what you want to do with your TikTok and create content that will help you achieve that goal. So again, looking at inspiration, maybe if you are a retail service, you look at what other retail services are posting, see what's performing well for them and create your own spin on it. I would also say, don't worry too much about what others think of you. I get, I definitely get nervous putting myself out there. So starting TikTok was a very big thing for me. But at the end of the day, it's something that I want to do. And obviously, if you guys are here, it's something that you want to do too. So I wouldn't want the opinions of, of what strangers would think of me to be what's holding me back. Right. So just jump into it. Don't worry about what people say, follow the trends. And lastly, I would say stop putting it off and just do it. You definitely need to stop telling yourself that you'll do it tomorrow or next week or next month. It's a lot harder to grow on TikTok today than it was two years ago. So the sooner you start, the better the results will be and the quicker you will get to the point where you want to be. Yeah. Very, very good advice. It's so important to remember also, like I I know a lot of people here follow me on LinkedIn. So I went on LinkedIn from 3,000 followers to 22,000 followers in the last few months. And what I will tell you is creating, getting into the habit of creating content. And obviously, if it's for a brand or for your own individual, for yourself. Although I should mention, especially on LinkedIn, if you are marketing for a business, ideally, you're doing it from a personal account. Find someone in your company, find an influencer, find a spokesperson. Those go a lot further than coming from a business account on LinkedIn. But just speaking from from the perspective of creating content, if you're making content, it's at the beginning, you think of it like every piece of content has to just be like everything in the world. And the reality is, content gets better and better over time. And just getting into the habit of creating it, you will find your voice. Most brands, even the brands that we work on, we don't find their voices for two, three, four, five months. Because it takes a while to see like what content actually resonates. What are people really interested in? A lot of the time, it's an accident. It's like we put out a piece of content that we might have thought was a throwaway. It goes crazy. And we say, Oh my God, people are actually really interested in this. We never would have known that. So a lot of R&D, a lot of experimentation. And it's better to get the quantity, just get the reps in early on versus trying to make it like the best it can possibly be you know, on day one. Yeah, exactly. I think you'll definitely maybe have not too many ideas at the beginning. But I think once you kind of get into the habit of uploading, things will just come to you. That's how it, how it was with me. Things just kind of come to me now. I write down the idea in my notes and I get back to it whenever I can. And even just spontaneously, like I'll be out and about and then an idea will just come to me. I'll see something in person. And I'll, I'll record it. Like for one of our clients, I saw something in person that was the client's product. And I was like, this is a great content opportunity. So I shot the video. And I think just moments like that, very spontaneous is what always does best. Even in my personal experience, like on my personal TikTok, there have been times where I just randomly thought of an idea out and about, recorded it, uploaded it. And they're my best performing TikToks. So don't be afraid to just whip out your camera. Here's who's looking, record it and get it up. Yeah, great points. A lot of people are asking questions anonymously, which is difficult because I can't keep track. So don't be afraid to use your names, guys. But I'm going to get to this uh, first anonymous question here. So a question about generating leads. And then I asked what industry this person was in. And they said talent acquisition. So I'm going to assume we're talking about a recruiter here. Or maybe you are a, a recruiter for a company. Like Big companies have marketing teams that are just about recruiting talent employees. So I'll take a stab at this one. And you can jump in, Natalie, if you want to add anything. What I would say, talent acquisition to me is that's more of a B2B or a high ticket B2C type thing. It's not something that people are doing every day. 
people are not looking for a new job every day. So what I'd be doing there is, again, creating awareness, creating trust, creating a really good understanding in the market of what we do. And I would do that by adding value. So if you're on TikTok, if you're on Instagram, and if you're on LinkedIn, I'll make that assumption. You're trying to recruit talent, employees, that sort of thing. I would be putting advice out there Hey, here's how to get a raise. Here's what you want on your resume. Did you know that people that do that go from A to B or that get this skill or this education or this degree can do XYZ? Creating the knowledge that you are a real master at advancing in your career, advancing in your income, advancing in your life, whatever that is. That's what I'd be doing. And if you're providing that valuable content, people are going to catch on to it, especially those who are in the trajectory of growing in their career. And they're going to say, hey, this account's putting out gold. I love the fire they're putting out every day about how I can grow. I'm going to follow them. And that's when they realize, okay, they actually, you know, they do recruiting for this company and, and they can really help me. So that's how I would approach it. I would absolutely not put out content that says, hey, you're looking for a new job? Talk to me. Talk to me, you know, like I can give you a new job. That might be like one out of every 15 posts after you gain a lot of trust. Or maybe that's the call to action at the end of every 17th post. But I would really just just provide value a ton. And that's when you'll start to see results. Natalie, anything else you want to say? No, you pretty much covered it all. Couldn't agree more. Okay, awesome. What ways can you combat coming off as an intrusive company of consumers' feeds? Sometimes brands participating in trends come off as uncomfortable and not familiar. So I'll put that into a two-parter. Let's talk about frequency. So how often should you be posting? And then, and you can divide that up by platform. And then the other question would be, how do you come off, you know, if you're taking part in a trend, but you're a brand, how do you maintain that authenticity? Yeah, so I would say obviously for TikTok, you can upload up to three times a day. I would say that's the key number there. And for Instagram, I would say if you don't want to seem too overwhelming to your followers, I would say twice a day max. And then obviously upload it, show up on your stories every single day and create something that's engagement, engaging on your stories, whether that's a poll or a quiz or whatever that may be. And in terms of participating in trends, I would say. Don't be afraid to do that because I don't think it's very often that a trend will come off or a business will come off as inauthentic by participating in a trend. A great example of this is what's what's that a uh, company the language they help you oh, learn language? Ros- Rosetta Stone. No, oh, it's the one with the owl. Oh, I'm forgetting, but I know it's the app that gives you like a language, like a, a few yeah. words every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. It's they have like a green owl as their symbol. And they're very big on TikTok. And one reason why is because they're right on the trends. They know how to take a trend and relate it to their app. And they also show the business side of things. They show the actual... What is it called? The actual... like When someone gets gets in the owl costume, like they have an actual costume. And they show that person in in the owl costume. Yeah, the mascot. Yeah. They show the mascot in the office and they use a trending sound or a trending audio and they relate it to the app. And it always does well. And people in the comments are loving it. They're loving it. They're not like, oh, this is a business. They're intruding. They're trying to relate to us. People are obsessed with it and their videos do so well. They have so many followers. So I think definitely don't be afraid to follow a trend as long as it obviously relates to your product or service. Because then it's gonna, sh- it's it's not gonna think that people aren't gonna think you're intruding if it's actually relatable, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely don't be afraid to do that. Duolingo is the name of the app. Yes, Duolingo. Thank you. 
Yeah, another one. I mean, I've seen so many brands do this on TikTok. Elf Cosmetics has done it. Walmart has has done trends really well. We saw Toys R Us jump on a trend last week. They were the that's not our client, but that was one of the brands we saw doing the, the doubloons. Yeah, yeah, the doubloons. So it was like they had their they mascot. Yeah, doing doubloons thing. So that that that's a great example. Okay, we had a question here about frequency. So for smaller teams without a dedicated social media manager, what can we do to remain present without dedicating time every single day? That's a great question. I think it's a common misconception that you need to dedicate time daily for content creation. But I definitely don't think that's the case. While consistency is key, it doesn't mean 3 times a day every day. Consistency just means show up however many times a week is comfortable for you consistently. That can mean uploading 3 times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But if you keep it consistent, people are going to expect content on these days at a specific hour. And then they're going to show up for you because they want to see your content and they want to engage with it. So as long as you have a consistent schedule where you post, I definitely see, think you'll see a lot of engagement there. I would also recommend batch creating content. Maybe dedicate some time on the weekend for scrolling through TikTok or Reels and writing down ideas and going forward with creating them. Then you can pre-edit them. You can upload them as drafts onto Reels, onto TikTok. And when you're ready to publish, you can post them without putting in that time daily for content creation. And ideally, I would recommend everyone upload at least once daily on TikTok. This increases your chances of going viral. It's not a necessity, but it does help a lot. And I think a good way to, if you don't want to, also, if you don't want to stick too much to trends, because I wouldn't solely focus on trends when it comes to growth. A good idea is to create a series related to your niche. If this series does well, you can upload this type of video two times a week related to this series. Maybe if you're a retailer, you can do for the holidays great hats that we're loving for the holiday season. And you show hats that you can purchase at the store. And you can do that as a series twice a week or however many times a week. And if it does well, it's something that will keep people coming to your page, keep them engaged, keep them interested, and in turn, create sales. Yeah. So what about stories though? How do you get... I mean, is there a hack? And I'll just say the obvious. In my opinion, there's no hack. You can hack your way around it. But what I would say is, if you actually want to win on social, it's an investment worth making, whether you do that internally or externally. Is there any hack around stories? I would say... So TikTok just recently introduced stories. I don't think it's a very big thing yet. It could be in the future. But as of right now, not many brands are really using stories to create sales. I would say on Instagram, that's a completely different story. On Instagram, stories are very, very important. And they say, like I mentioned earlier, if you're not going to be posting every day, you should be showing up on stories daily. But it's not just showing up. You have to actually create valuable content on stories. Like For our clients, we do fun quizzes, polls, educational content that are going to teach people more about the product or the service. And you can also do a call to action as well. You can create a link in one of the stories, maybe even the first story, because usually the first story of the day is the highest performing. So whether that's a link to your website or, or whatever it may be, I think there's definitely a good opportunity in stories to generate those views into sales. Yeah. But I would say, honestly, do what you can and, and, and take the hacks that, that Natalie has mentioned. But if it's something that you actually want to turn into a real channel, there are firms. I mean, we're one of them, and there are many others that you can use to create content at scale, high volume content that actually performs because it's both volume, but then it's also tracking what's working and doing more of that. So 
it's not a part-time job, honestly. Like we have actually learned as we've grown our business on the social media management side, we realized that to see actual growth, these are full-time jobs by very, very specialized people. Yeah. It's not something that you can do sort of on top of the other 14 things that you manage. It's just not, it's not doable. Yeah. If you work a full-time job, you're not going to be able to upload three times daily. So do basically what's realistic for you. But as long as there's value in the content, then it should be doing well. Yeah. Okay, we got a great question here that's a little bit a little bit off topic, but I love it, so we'll take it. What should be the frequency of the content for say a big IT firm whose clients are more or less Fortune 500 companies? So the logic here, I'm just reading the question. So the logic here is to put the case studies, success stories, blogs and podcasts. How should one go about these things? So I'll take this and you can add on Natalie. So let me spend 30 seconds here talking about LinkedIn, because it, it does come into play and you can reuse a lot of the same content that we're talking about. Video content does well on LinkedIn. So a couple of things to understand about LinkedIn. The frequency is less. So you generally don't want to post more than once every 18 hours or so. So it's basically once a day. It's not a platform where you want to post like 3-4 times a day. Definitely not. And even posting 2 or 3 times a week is fine. Like That's enough frequency on LinkedIn. So it's lesser... Fewer posts, more quality each time. Another interesting best practice, selfies, photos of people, whether it's yourself or somebody else. But photos of faces do very well on LinkedIn. And you guys have probably also seen those document posts. That's where you see a lot of people do the screenshots of Twitter. And then you just kind of scroll through. They call them documents or carousels. Those do about 2.2 to 3.4 times better than written posts. I wouldn't put too much weight in that because I do a lot of written posts that do very well. So don't go crazy with that. And then one more thing I'll mention, if you're going to do video, which I think you should, put captions in your videos. Have writing in your videos because people will scroll and captions do really well. One thing that I do that does really well on my LinkedIn content is I'll just put one line of text. So I did one and I wrote like the dirty little secret that you need to know about influencer marketing. And I just left that text on the screen for 20 seconds and that video was seen by tens of thousands of people. So... So those are some tips on LinkedIn. So how do you actualize this? What are you supposed to be doing to market to the Fortune 500? So most of our clients, as I mentioned, are B2B. We're mostly marketing with companies that are selling products that cost hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. So what I would say here is that 95% of what we're doing is demand creation. It's demand creation, 95%, 5% demand capture. And I would, I would almost say, don't even think about demand capture. So when we're creating content, for larger companies, large IT companies, accounting firms, software companies. We're creating content that is in video form, telling you, let's say, in 30 or 40 seconds, how a client succeeded. That would be a case study in video form. Testimonials are great. Here's a really good one. If you could get one of your clients on camera talking about you. So if you can say, Hey, can I talk to you on camera? It's going to be used in an ad campaign. I just want to ask you what you think about our product or our service. And just have them get a soundbite of them saying, Oh, you know, you guys are a lifesaver because XYZ. Run that as a LinkedIn ad. Those kinds of ads, we see 15% click through or higher. Click through, not, not impression. Like click through rate on those ads is amazing. So we will test market a lot of content organically on TikTok, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And then we'll put paid behind the stuff that resonates organically. If it doesn't resonate organically, nobody wants to see it in a paid environment. That's intrusive. So make sure it actually works organically before you um, put it in a paid setting. And then the last thing I'll say here, because I just want to get to the other questions, 
yes, if you have a podcast, most of our content is derived from podcasts. So we do podcasts for a lot of clients. We then take it, we turn that into TikTok, LinkedIn, blog posts, Twitter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so if you have a podcast, that is a massive source of content to be doing a lots, lots of this stuff. Check out our content cascade, white paper, webinar, whatever, or just email us about the content cascade and we'll share that with you. And that'll show you how to do a lot of this stuff as well. Okay. I guess this is a, an Instagram specific question. How can you take advantage of the link in bio CTA? There is only room for one link in the profile. Is there a best practice for that? So this, you could put a link in your bio and you can also link to a page that has lots of other links. What do you yeah. think about that, Natalie? I think that's a great idea. I've seen a lot of brands and influencers take advantage of that. I think it's called Linktree. But I think it's definitely an easy way for people to have access to multiple things that you want to share with them. It's very easy to use and user-friendly. So I would definitely jump on board for that. And a lot of people use it. So it's definitely something that people are familiar with. Yeah, LinkedIn bio is is definitely and there's there's so many apps that do this, but Linktree and whatever. I would probably use those if you have a lot of links to go to, or keep it super simple and just link to the latest thing you posted, and yeah. assume that if it's you know if a week has gone by, no one's going to see that post anyways. Yeah, yeah. I would only I would only create a Linktree or include multiple links if it's stuff that's really important and it's stuff that kind of exists on their own. But yeah, if it's just like the latest post, that's something you can update weekly or daily or whatever it may be. Yeah. How do you learn the value of your TikTok? So this is a bit of a tricky question. Let me... I'll read it here. I'm running social media for a tech company. We're looking to include influencers in the launch of one of our products. My thought process currently is that I would like to present to the potential partners the value we offer through our current platform. So you have a TikTok account, you want to launch a product and use influencers to launch that product. And you want to present the value of your platform. So it sounds to me here like you could accomplish this through case studies or testimonials or any number of things. But these are basically demos. I don't know if you guys... Some of you may have seen... I did, I did a post on LinkedIn a few days ago about the 90s infomercial. And I basically talked about how 90s infomercials teach you everything you need to know about social media marketing. So if you think about an infomercial for a second, what do you have? You have a demonstration of a product. You have tons of testimonials. You have tons and tons of use cases. Here's all the things you could do with this food dehydrator. And it basically takes you through all of that. And then at about the 15-minute mark, halfway through the infomercial, they would tell you how to buy the product. So it's like 15 minutes of just making you want it. And then finally, they tell you about it. That's very much how I would approach what you're talking about there. You're doing a product launch. You want to talk about use cases. You want to tease how people are using it in real life. So different case studies. Definitely including testimonials if you have beta users. Putting that content out on TikTok. Putting ads, what are called Spark ads. I don't want to get into the details here. But putting ads, paid media behind the TikToks that work. And there's a whole strategy behind how to do ads well on TikTok that I don't have time to get into. And that's what I would do. I would, I would kind of think about it like you're just teasing this product as opposed to driving people, hey, buy now, buy now. They're not going to want to buy it until you've already kind of sold them on it. Anything you want to add, Natalie? No, like that was great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. Okay, regarding testimonials, if you had a client share a testimonial with you and you shared it on social, is it necessary to remove the testimonial if they're no longer a client? This is something I grapple with. I want to get your take on this, 
Natalie, how important is it to take... I'll just broaden the question. Like Whether it's a client that you no longer work with or a product you no longer sell, is it important to be scrubbing your social for like that kind of stuff? Or would you just leave it because it's been posted a while ago? I would leave it. I don't think there's any problem with it being up because it was still at a point someone who is satisfied with working with you or, or with a product. So if it's one specific product that they really like, it can still help people trust your brand or your business because they're like, okay, well, this person really enjoyed this product. So I don't see why they, this company would fail me with something else. And it's the same thing with a service. I think if, if you don't work with the client anymore, it's still, they were still at a point, they were a satisfied client. So it's like recommend, it's like recommendations, basically. I've had people who recommend services to me and, and they don't necessarily go there anymore because of X, Y, and Z reasons, but it's still something they recommend to me and they're not working with working with that that service or, or that brand or whatever it may be. So I think there's still a lot of value in it, even if they're not a current customer or a current client. I think there's still a lot of value. Yeah, I would totally agree. One last question from this anonymous person that I answered a moment ago. Please drop me an email. Uh, you can just email success at influicity.com. We could talk in more detail. But you, the question here is about if you're doing a podcast, should you have the same host or should you have revolving hosts? I think that's what you're asking. The answer to the question is one host, revolving guests, and make the guests influencers, key opinion leaders, different domain experts. We produce a ton of podcasts, so I can I can talk about this for a long time. But the quick answer is podcasts are a cult of personality. You want to, as much as possible, have the same host for as long as you can. If you need to revolve your host, you should do that in seasons, not by episode. So like one host for 12 episodes or one year or whatever it is, and then you can change them. But don't go changing your host every episode of a podcast. Nobody will listen to your podcast. They'll tune out after one episode. And again, if you want to know more about that, success at influicity.com. Natalie, do you want to spend a minute talking about advertising or like TikTok ads? We can talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, go for it. So TikTok ads aren't too complicated. TikTok has their own coins that you basically need to pay for. And then you get these coins. And you use up the coins to run ads. And TikTok ads currently have two budgeting options. So there's daily or lifetime. And with both both options, your budget isn't set in stone. So you can adjust your budget anytime throughout your campaign. And you can also set your target audience by gender, location, age, interests, and other variables. And it's similar to Facebook and Instagram's ad manager. You can create custom audiences and lookalike audiences to reach new audiences that are similar to your existing ones. And there are five different types of TikTok ads. There's in-feed ads, which are just ads that show up while you're scrolling on your For You page. There's brand takeovers, brand hashtags, brand effects, which is just when brands create their own filter that people can use, and top view ads, which is the same as in-feed ads, but they pop up at the top of someone's For You page. And TikTok ads are very effective. You essentially guarantee reach when you use TikTok ads. However, the thing is, is that you don't just want reach. You want to convert reach to engagement and engagement to sales. So the key to doing this is by creating ads that are engaging, entertaining, creative, and fun. So I've had ads show up on my For You page that didn't even feel like ads because they were so well done. They were well thought out. They were using a trending audio and they related to the viewer. And then I've had ads that were so poorly done and overrun actually. The brand put in way too much money to push this out. And I kept seeing it on my For You page. I would look at the comments and people in the comments were saying they were so sick of this, this ad. It's all they're seeing. So I think you need to know how much to invest and not to push something too much 
and also find a way to make it really fun, creative, and unique. Yeah, well said. And I'll add to that, the greatest consumer survey engine, like figuring out what people want to see, it's called Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter. So how do you know what ads are going to resonate and what you should put money behind? Run the stuff organically. We run stuff. We'll we'll put 50 pieces of organic content out before we put paid behind one. We do this all the time on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Instagram. And that's how our clients... I mentioned earlier, like we have ads running with 10-15% click-through rates. Some are even higher. And the reason that they're so engaging is because these things go... I'm not going to use the term go viral, but these things get a lot of engagement organically. And so when you put paid behind them, it just it sets them on fire. And yeah. so try as much as you can. This does take, you know, creating a lot of volume. Our clients, you know, it's different because we're doing it for our clients. So we have a lot of capacity to do it. If you're doing it yourself, do your best to create as much content as you can organically and then put paid behind that stuff. I would not recommend just creating something in a studio, showing it to your, you know, your team and then running it. You're wasting your money. Run it organically. The algorithms will tell you what works. Yeah. Social media is all about trial and error. So eventually when you start making content, you'll see what's really resonating with people. And you can, like you said, either run ads on an an existing piece of content that you created, or you can create something similar like like it because you know it's going to perform well. And you can run that one as an ad. So yeah, definitely a lot of trial and error. Yeah. We're going to wrap up here in 3 minutes. I've got 2 more questions I'll answer real quick. But just for everybody who's dropping off, thanks so much for coming. We're going to do these every 2 weeks. We'll have different sessions. I'll be in them. We'll have Natalie or somebody else in them. We'll talk. We'll do these Q&As. So hopefully you enjoyed the format. If you have questions or suggestions, success at influicity.com. Drop us an email. Let me get to these last couple of questions here. How much budget should you set aside for ads? Is there a rate per platform that will ensure success? So my quick answer to that is you can test ads on or you can test every platform with like 20 to 50 bucks a day. Like that's and I'm I'm now I'm talking kind of scrappy here. So if you're a big brand with a big budget, like no, we'll we'll spend more than that. But if you really just want to try something and see if it works without getting approval for a big budget, run 50 bucks a day for like a week and that will give you enough information so you can go and spend Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and actually make an impact. I'm not suggesting that you're going to get very far with twenty bucks a day, but it'll give you the signals to understand. Okay, this is actually working. We should really try this. The worst case scenario is you get a budget approved for a hundred thousand dollars. You start pouring it into a platform, and you're like, "Oh crap, this is terrible!" And and, and now I got to burn through this money because it's already been approved. So try with with small amounts of money. The platforms are very good at getting small amounts of money to work just to give you signal. And then from there, you use that signal to make a case to your supervisor, to your team to say, hey, guys, I just tried this. This is really effective. You know, we've had situations where, again, we'll put 20 bucks into a platform and then we're like, oh, crap, this is really working. Let's fire away and we'll put tens of thousands in it, but never without trying it first. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at influicity.com.